It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man I'm really sorry about this, guys, but I didn't realize it would just be dudes here. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast 20. This is Sausage Party. <laughs> You are now listening to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. This is episode 20. We are in Andre's basement, and I am your host, Kevin. Andre, as oh, usual. What's happening? We are here with Paul. Hello, Paul. Hello. Uh, and Rusty is... Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, uh, hello. This is what happens when you leave the dudes alone. No ladies here tonight. <laughs> don't know why I'm talking in a sexy voice. Does <laughs> <laughs> that make sense? Oh, yeah. Uh... If any guys were wondering, that was, in fact, Kenny Loggins meet me halfway from the Sly Stallone vehicle over, over the, top. the top. Over the if top. Any the arm wrestling one. Arm wrestle, yes. Paul, you're looking horrified. <laughs> like, wow. you know you've seen it. An Come arm on. wrestling movie. I saw it in the theater. A Kenny Loggins song from an arm wrestling movie. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> did he write? He wrote it for the movie, obviously, because Meet Me Halfway. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But right. it's not about him and a lady. It's about him and his son. I know, I know the premise of the film. Oh, damn. It's, it's like, you know, Real Steel, the 1980s. You know, the robot one with Hugh Jackman? Uh, the yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, um, so yeah, we, are, we are now uh, second month of uh, 2013. The first month sucked. I think we can agree with that. Pretty much. It was hard. Uh, but now the albums and uh, musical fun are starting to come fast and furious. Uh, this week, uh, Frightened Rabbit... Finally put out their third one. Uh, I know Paul's the biggest fan. It's good. It is good. It's really good. <laughs> um, uh, Destiny's Child is back. First. Nice. All about two minutes Sunday night. Then. Nah, they'll be back. They're going to do a tour. Uh, Fallout Boy fell out of hiatus. I, hey, they weren't on hiatus if you yeah. ask them. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've got, uh, see, Jim James, which I don't know if we're going to get to on another podcast. Just released a solo album today. Uh Questlove of The Roots and Jimmy Fallon's band actually uh, tweeted out this afternoon that this his performance last night was one of the most – or actually he said it was the most beautiful performance that he's ever played on the show. Uh, I watched it today. <laughs> I can't disagree. Yeah. Um, is, uh, Playing any, tracks uh, off of his new solo Yeah, album. have, have okay. any of you guys watched it? I have no. not, no. no it's, it's fantastic. Um, I just read the story about kind of the backstory of that album mm-hmm. and how, which was kind of brought it together for me, actually. Oh, really? No, what, what is the Well, when he fell off the stage a couple of years ago and hurt himself real bad, yeah. 
at a My Morning Jacket Bananas? show, and then he was in kind of rehab for a while, recovering from that accident that somebody had given him this, like, it's basically like a picture book or something, but it's all the pictures are carved in wood. I don't know. It's from like the 20s or something that some it's artist like did. Yeah, yeah. And then when he was looking at that and, and he kind of created all these songs based around that kind of story that was in that You see, lithograph. now I feel bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't love this album. Now I okay. Know, so yeah. I We're not reviewing that album today, though. No, no, no. But no. it was an interesting story. You know, but that's how he got, got to the point of creating. Okay. That's why he created this album. I think, they were carved in wood or they were printed off of wood carvings. I Ooh. don't know those Because that would be a pretty bulky book, I would say. The yeah, Mystery yeah. Thickens. Yeah. <laughs> In other news... So go and discover. Uh, hey, guys. Frank Ocean fought Chris Brown for a parking spot. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> He's not going to press charges, but, you know. Oh, the police report came out today. And I hope there's a song. Didn't sound good. <laughs> uh, Prince, in 2013, the story of... Actually, I'm sort of intrigued by this. Yeah. Uh, so... He's been quiet for a while. He notoriously like took everything off the internet. I mean everything. Uh, and he took his entire catalog. Yeah, yeah I mean, every, I mean, you can still get it like on can, streaming services because it, they yeah. own the rights. Sure, but as far as like actual active, like if you post a, a thing on YouTube of Prince, it will get taken down in mm. like twenty minutes. Because uh, what else does he have to do to watch? Yeah. <laughs> At any rate. Earlier uh, this month, a site called Third Eye Girl popped up, uh, and people weren't sure what was going on, because originally it was, like, obscure performances of Prince, but not with Prince's touring band, but it was for a big crowd. A lot of it was, I think, I think one of them was in, like, Italy or something. Um, as it turns out, it seems that now it's, it's definitely uh, Prince, uh, whether or not it's these three women are playing on the, are the band. I, I don't know, but it's featuring um, uh, Prince and a lady band, and they put out some songs. The uh, one before this one was Screwdriver, uh, and then today, even, he just uh, put out one. It's called Breakfast Can Wait, uh, which... Screwdriver <laughs> of course it is. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, but here, here, here's what's exciting about this. Does it include the lyric, would you like your eggs scrambled or fertilized? Yeah. Fried or fertilized. <laughs> Turquoise Jeep has a new song out today as well. Oh, nice. Like, treat me like a pirate, give me all the booty. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Wow. But, oh, so, so anyways, check this out. So Prince, back in the day, uh, he was a nasty little man. <laughs> and, and he sort of, like, he didn't sort of actually, he completely just said, I can't write about nasty little man shit anymore he was done parking his little red corvette in all little garages Nat, yeah. yes yeah. now apparently he has reconciled his faith because this is a nasty song it's it's not a it's not a great print song it's not a, but it's a sex jam <laughs> just, well he's like if i'm gonna sell any more records i better do it do good. yeah yeah and it, as a fan of prince i'm just like That's <laughs> Paul. You seem. <laughs> do you like? I don't think. Do you like Prince? I, I like some of Purple Rain. Some. Yeah. Fired. Yeah. Hey, I'm not a big third Prince stage. Fan. Purple Rain is like right there underneath it, probably. Duran Duran's Rio is probably enough. No, far off there. Rio's way far it's, off. Hey, come on. Seven hey, in the ragged tires. Do you think that Prince is in my wheelhouse? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. 
so that's going on. So uh, we'll put it in the show notes, but keep an eye on thirdeyegirl.com. Uh, I know I will be keeping an eye on it. Uh, what, Miles Davis? Miles Davis Bootleg Series Volume 2 came out last week. It's uh, the first stateside release of his live sets with the Lost Quintet from 1969. Right during and just before. Uh, it was during the Bitches Brew session, some of them, and some of them were just before. And it's fantastic. I mean... I can't pretend to be some huge yeah. Miles Davis expert, but is it lost studio sessions? With no, it's, it's all, it's all, all it's live. all live, all live all performances. Live, yeah. um, and it's among the, the best live performances of his I've ever heard. They're wow. really, really good. And you can hear the transition because he's sure. still, still playing around midnight and getting into miles runs the voodoo down. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. That was that transition point for him. It's, so. it's, it's fantastic. Very cool. Uh, so that's about it for the news, I think, this time. Uh, so let's uh, transition and get to some music. album reviews, Andre. If you don't know who that is, uh, I don't blame you because a lot of bands uh, sound like that now. Uh, but amazingly enough, that is a new track from uh, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, it's called She Found Now. Uh, was it Saturday night, Rusty? Yeah, Saturday yeah. night about 7 p.m. Eastern time, mm-hmm. midnight, local to them. They've been threatening to release a new album for 21 years, and they did it. Yeah. Um, their last album uh, and was an album called Loveless uh, and like we said 21 years ago it uh, changed the landscape I will fully admit uh, I was at a point in my life that honestly I didn't hear the album until years after it came out um, so it doesn't have the same significance to me um, let's start with uh, Rusty I guess oh hello yeah. <laughs> Rusty, you, I mean, you, you, you were the first one of us actually to listen to it. I think, yeah, and I, and I exploded yeah. on Twitter yeah. <laughs> about it. And, you know, so I listened to the whole thing on headphones because mm-hmm. if you're going to listen to Kevin Shields make music or have anything yeah. to do with it, you listen to it on headphones. And it was over, and I'm like, all right, that was great. Do I need to listen to it again? Like, I honestly sat there. I was like, when do I want to go back and visit this? But then 
you know, getting my stuff together for tonight, I did realize, okay, I did go back and listen to a few songs, and I listened to it in a car today, and it's not a good car record, mm. but there's just so yeah. much going on, and there's like all this hype, all this hype, and one of my really good friends is a huge fan, he's been waiting for a long time for this, and he's like, it lives up to the hype, and I'm like, yeah, it does, but it's such a, it's not a weird record, so if you read the interviews with Kevin Shields over the past year and a half, he talks about, oh, you know, I started work on some of these songs back in 1990, whatever, which you know, sounds like it. Oh, totally. Yeah. That first song, absolutely. The record, I didn't think about this until after, or, sorry, this didn't make sense when I read some of the commentary from other people on Twitter. They're like, the record's divided into thirds. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Especially the last three songs, because they're just batshit. If you go through our Twitter feed, I literally just banged on the keyboard because I was losing my mind. All these drum and bass jungle music, crazy loops. Yeah. It was, oh. It was like an airplane just crashing. I, I mean, uh, Greg Cott of uh, Chicago Tribune yeah. and Opinion is actually called it as, as a transitional album. Um, it is – I think that's a good call. Um, I think um, from, my, from, from my point of view, like I said, I, I was never – I never have been a huge fan of Loveless simply because by the time I heard it, so many people sounded like this. And, and this is uh, an issue I think this record is going to have is mm-hmm. – um, if if everything in like shoegaze, sort of droney stuff like sounds like this, and honestly, twenty one years after the fact, sounds better. Like, where does this fit in? Um, it's just not to say they shouldn't have done it and shouldn't be making records. Of course not. But um, it it fe- it feels to me like it it is stuck in yeah. back in the nineties. Well, most of it's probably same, from the 90s. And I had the same thought, and not because I disliked it. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I really actively wanted to be like, this shit needs to get off my lawn. Uh, I enjoyed listening to it. Yeah. I did. I mean, I there, there's it. moments that, like, but there, I, I'm just not in a place where I would, like, it, put that on. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> like, it's not a record you're going to put out put on in a party because when you get to track seven oh no the last three songs people are going to be like the fuck is this hold, hold, hold on yeah. what kind of party are you playing my bloody valentine ad anyway it's though? true true what i'm saying <laughs> but it's, it's still not a record you put on a party because yeah. like if my fiance were there she'd be like turn this off no yeah. i mean it, you you said it right it's headphone music and look i think this is an excellent album um i don't know what I'm going to feel about it at the end of the year. I have a feeling yeah. after a few yeah. listens that it's the kind of album mm-hmm. that it, it instantly hit me as, as being very good because it's Kevin Shields. And as much as it, as other bands might try to sound like him, he still sounds like himself, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like this it, is, well, it, it doesn't to me. So, it, to so me, expl- it, explain it. It does. I think, I, I think Loveless hits you with a bigger gut punch than this mm-hmm. one does. Um, I think these ones, as you said, very eclectic throughout yes. the album but uh, there's nothing that has that that quick visceral reaction but it's because you know what to expect out of my bloody valentine sound right now there's mm-hmm. no it's not revolutionary um, but it is a continuation of a sound if only 22 years later and I think he's doing it better than most of the people who've tried to copy him since then that said I don't know if it's going to be a classic because I think that this music takes a while to process and I think it takes multiple listens and I think it takes it's one of those things where I think you put it on your headphones six months from now and you're in a particular mood and suddenly the album is – you're going to be like, oh, wait. 
that's happening on the album right here. It's yeah. one of those things that kind of like churns around in your subconscious, and then you put it on at the right time, and it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and right I now, mean, I, but but I think it's good at any time. I was I listened to it twice back to back a couple nights ago while I was cooking, and I was like, "This is good." You put it on in your headphones. This is good. But I think it's got some layers that are going to be probed later on. But how much of your like love of of Loveless uh, and and your like experience with that album like weighs into like your opinion of this? I mean, because you say all those things, and it's like this is not unlike a lot of music I like. I think the Besnard Lakes do this much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, and I, I'm I, more I, looking forward to their album. But if like I don't hear anything that I like again that I'll listen to it again. Here's the thing. I, I disagree, and I, and I like the Besnard Lakes. I think yeah. they're I think they're a very good band. Um, I actually think I might be holding back on this album because of my experience with Loveless right here. If this was some band I'd never heard of that popped this album mm-hmm. out, I would probably be praising it to the rafters. Really? And I'm holding back right now because I'm like, I don't want to overpraise it because it's my bloody Valentine. I want to have a few months to go back to this a few times, think okay. about it, work on the album, and then decide how I, how I feel like it... Uh, it comports with the rest of their catalog right there. But, you know, Isn't Anything is fantastic. My uh, Loveless is one of the best albums made in the last 30 years. So there's a large legacy to live up to right there. It's yeah. just such a... I I would love to know when each song, when he started work on them, just to know for like just a point in time, just to know. It's like I know he had said he was really... That one or two of the songs were like really influenced by drum and bass jungle music that he started mm-hmm. recording in 1997 or 99, and that's like the last third of the record is like that. It's just so intense, and you know, piggybacking what Paul had said, you know, this is Kevin Shields. You're gonna enjoy it because you know, not because it's anyone trying to be him. It is him, and you can hear the influences that he put on other records, like when he did Primal Screams Exterminator, or any of the remix work he's done the last 15 years. You hear pop up in these songs, but uh, it's just. I'm just on the fence, like, you know, I'm a, I'm afraid it'll get lost in the shuffle at the end of the year. Well, if I, yeah. you know, yeah, because in in my opinion, I guess it should it should have come out in 1994, mm-hmm. and it sounds like it should have, and and it would have probably done a lot better in that realm right then. Yeah, uh, he says there's. A, I, I don't think it can do any better than it's going to do now. N- yeah, no, he <laughs> claims that there's <laughs> this an, is going to win all the props already. It has, so yes, yeah. sure. Everybody's, and, and you and you've all said it, it before is that when I was listening to it, it's it's more like it reminded me more of like electronic music in the sense of why you would listen to it. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't you you can't understand what the person is singing, so you're cut that out. So it's like it's almost like when you listen to electronic music, you don't really electronic music isn't generally made to be analyzed, it's just made to be made. And to listen to. Well, I, I think you know, some people who purvey electronic music might debate that. They might yeah. debate that, and and it's we'll get Roddy on the next. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And 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 when you hear some electronic artists talk about it, they say, "Well, it's like it's different from saying like a Bob Dylan song or something. It's meant to. It's not. He maybe didn't make it to be analyzed, but people can analyze it in a variety of ways because it talks about oh, something. I think Bob Dylan made most of his music to be analyzed. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, consciously. Yeah, where this in in a way, it's like. The only thing to be analyzed is the production in it. Yeah, in well, a maybe, way, well, it's like maybe I think there's different. Like the, I think there's different layers of, layers of the musicianship. Sorry, I sure. didn't mean to, no, to no cut worries, you off right no there. It's, but I, I, I come back to the fact that like that's no different than Loveless. I mean, the vocals were a little no, bit it's higher a, there. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, you're not pulling a lot of lyrics out of Loveless. Right there are there. no, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is why hearing Loveless for me, like years after the fact, like I recognize the historical fact that like what it changed, and I knew. That sound wasn't 
necessarily in existence then, but it's not an album that I listen to like ever. Yeah, like, I don't enjoy that album, and I don't I don't consider it a classic. I, I consider I, still listen to it I consider it a watershed as far as like this is what you can do, and I'm not sure where the praise from Kevin Shields comes in based on one album. I mean, I well, think, isn't anything is really good too? Yeah. 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 But I think the music in general, and like when they talked about their live shows, they would play so loud, and it was more just about the experience and the mood that you would create when yeah. you were listening to it and what you'd go through in that moment when you were listening to it. And that's really all that it was about. And I guess I can understand that, which is which it's, is maybe one of the other reasons that I compare it to electronic music in the sense of that it has that same idea of like why we're doing this. It's like I'm going to make it, and it's going to be about this moment. It's not about analyzing. It's about making music that mm-hmm. when you are listening to it in that particular moment, that's – that's just what it's about. What what feeling do you get when you are in that? No. It's not well, meant to be analyzed. In, you know. In this next moment, so, why don't we hear a, yeah. uh, another song? So to go on the other side of things, not to get away from the music itself, but so, you know, they kind of pulled a Radiohead in a sense where it's like hours before and like, hey, we're going to put this record out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone went nuts and the, you know, their site crashed, which I had predicted would happen. And they put it up. And so it's $16 to download it in one of three high quality, you know, mm-hmm. formats, 22 to buy the CD and get the download automatically or, you know, $30 and 50 cents plus shipping from the overseas to get. 180 gram vinyl, the CD, and you know, automatic download, and that's where it's like my problem. It's like okay, you're gouging the market, man. You, I, you I, went I, I don't think you knew. I don't think that's gouging the market. I think that's like reading the market for what it should be. Yeah, and and I think uh, I got what he did though because I agree. It's like if you're gonna spend thirty, like if you're gonna spend you, twenty two, spend sixteen. Just fuck it. Get spend thirty bucks. Get the whole package. At least you're actually you know. Getting... Right. Well, I mean, some people don't do physical media. I mean, I, I, I mean, I I do buy some vinyl, but like largely, I, I yeah. delve in the the digital uh, spectrum. It's um, the other side of all the market based arguments we've made, though. Like I think we've talked before about 
about pricing and download issues and things like that. And if you're saying like artists should offer things for free or cheaply to build a market, the flip side of that is they can charge whatever the hell they want once they've got the I, marketplace in place. Uh, yeah, and I think they and that is the flip side. And I think that's correct. And, and I, I know. And I think that, like I said, they're not on a label. They just made this album and they did that. And I think that honestly, I think that's smart pricing because people were clamoring for this. Yeah. And, and he's an audiophile, and I know that the majority of his fans are audiophiles. For, so for him to put it up as only like a high-quality download or 320. You know, it was, you know, <laughs> it, you know, it was hilarious, though. If you went to any of uh, the uh, sites of ill repute, yeah. like they were complaining that like he actually – the download was a transcode. Yes, I, I if, saw that too. If anybody knows what that means. Uh, but basically it means happy. that like – uh, you saved it in one format and then re-encoded it in a higher format to hide the fact that you saved it in this lower format. And, um, uh, you know, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> the, the music's good. My my, yeah. my parting words on the album is I really liked it. I went back to it, you know, so I can have it fresh in my mind today. And I'm like, do I want to listen to it again? And I feel like, Paul, like six months from now, I'm going to put it on because I'm going to be in the mood to hear some song off of that, some drone ass noise over a crazy jungle beat be like yeah man that's where i'm at right now turn yeah. it up to 11 and get lost and you know beat on my keyboard but sure i'm curious to see where he goes next because he claims there's an ep coming out later this year well you know we'll yeah. see if that actually happens of all new material to see where the where they actually go because that's what i was saying earlier i'm curious to see what was actually recorded recently because i know yeah. belinda butcher said he did most of it yeah outside of the drums and the vocals so better or worse than the Guns N' Roses come back? Oh, better. <laughs> that's no question. Let's be honest. That's a question? I mean, Let me you, a, sir. That's a... Uh, Dude, it's about the same length amount of time. No, no, that question calls for a hop sled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and now Next record. We are drinking hop But I think it's kind of similar in that sense. Yeah. It's like, it, you know, do you think it got wrapped in so much hype? Just the byproduct of that. My, it took my 21 opinion, years to make it. It's funny that you mentioned you know? Radiohead because yeah. <laughs> my opinion is that like Radiohead happened after that. Radiohead happened in large part because of My Bloody Valentine and Loveless, yeah. but it happened. And then so now he has to compete with that. Yeah. I don't buy the perfectionist arguments because – I was going to save this from a thing, but like basically what he's made is something that's perfectly boring Mm-hmm. It may be sonically like fine, but it to me it's like I I just can't revisit it. I don't hate it. Yeah. I'm just like eh. it's yeah. it's like I tweeted Saturday night when I was listening to it. Like you know, it's definitely some of the best production I've heard in a very long sure, time. Sure. But is it? But that's the thing. In six months, is I will it? go back and I will ask myself that question, and that's what I'll know. Is it? I will. You could pick up a uh, shit. What was I? Pick up a Besnard Lakes album. It's gonna sound. Yeah, great. it's gonna sound great. I heard their new single the other day. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what's our verdict on this, Paul? Buy it if you like music. <laughs> no. All right. Going in the uh, sizzler reel. Yeah. yeah. Buy it if you like music. Oh man! Do like, it, I like do it. it. Do it. But do you buy it, do it. or do you just stream it do on the it. internet with the rest of the world on good headphones? Because that's what you should do. Nah, fuck, buy it. Okay. Because it's gonna you're gonna want to keep it because yeah, just buy the damn thing. All You'll right. want it ten years from now at some party when you're listening to Zyrica. Oh, let's put this on too afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
Wow. Well, well I guess I'll just. It? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I put it. I put it on the same pedestal yeah. as that for some reason. I That's think I'll just listen to it at Paula Rusty's house. Yeah. I'm gonna pass on it because I think there are other bands out there that are more interesting right now. I think uh, if you if you are a bloody my bloody Valentine fan, um, you already bought it. Yeah. Uh, if you aren't, I don't think you're going to get a yeah. damn thing out of this, so I'm going to pass. As I reek at it because the kind of parties <laughs> yeah. you listen to My Bloody Valentine, this My Bloody Valentine record out, you probably listen to as I reek at as well. Sure. Big a little follower. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On that note. So, uh, <laughs> yep. Let's get aggressive. Puke and Gase. <laughs> they just they spelled it differently, which is yeah. sort of neat. Interesting. Uh, that song "Split Like a Lip, No Blood on the Beard" from uh, their new full-length General Dome. Uh, they've been kicking around for a good number of years, and then uh, Paul's just showing me EPs. <laughs> they have out. Uh, their last full-length was uh, "Ripost Repost." Uh, in between that, they had sort of a teaser of this new album, General Dome, called Function Falls. They had Plus Minus earlier. Um, Paul and I actually discovered these guys for ourselves. Like, who, who were they? Who they were, they were opening for Tunio. Fuck. And really? The, at the now defunct Red Palace. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, and, and saw them and were just like, I think it's the, it's, holy shit. Is that appropriate? Yeah, that was an appropriate yeah. reaction. I mean, I saw these two hipster-looking folk go up on stage, and I think yeah. I whispered to Kevin, like, oh, this is going to be some folky bullshit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It really wasn't. That's a very odd pairing. Yeah. and Tunia. I, I, I don't think it is, and so I'll tell you why. Yeah, yeah, what's their story? I think, so So basically, they were just like, uh, 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 Aaron, one, Dyer, the singer, um, uh, repaired bicycles in Brooklyn. And uh, Aaron too uh, did stuff, and like they they both played music, and they were just like, "Hey, we just want to get like freaky with making instruments and making music and doing all this stuff." They love prog rock, they love metal, they love they just apparently love music, and and it shows because uh, this is I feel like this is a culmination of a few things, but this is one of the more aggressively enjoyable records 
Like I've heard it in a long time. Yeah, it's extremely aggressive at um, times. This is not uh, you can gaze is not music you put on to relax to. No. It's music you put on to listen to. It is it respects the prog rock that we love. Andre. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's definitely. Um, and and it also respects like all kinds of other just like rock the fuck out. And even when it's not making all the sense. Um, and it frequently doesn't make all the sense. <laughs> it kind of reminded me a little bit for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it was the female vocals because I wasn't expecting it. That one was, you know, so I never mm-hmm. listened to them before. I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, this song just reminded me very much like the last Slater Kinney record, The Woods, very like 70s, proggy. More so, more so actually an album that came out this time last year. Uh, the vo- and you're right. The vocals are, are very pumped up on this record. Yeah. For Aaron and uh, I actually when the first time I heard it I sort of like it recalled uh, Lower Dens New Tropics because yeah. Jana Hunter unleashed like as a singer Paul's giving me yeah I'm with Paul yeah. too because I was thinking that for a hot second but then I was like no her no, no. It does, it's, it's not the same album it's just that like the level of like how her singing like they 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 pumped it. This is I, I actually I have a really hard time drawing analogies for what Buke and Gates have done, not just on this album but in in Repost. Like they're doing something that draws on influences, but it is wholly unique, and they shift oh, yeah. from song, and they yeah. shift from song to song. Like you said, it's a listening album. You're not mm-hmm. this isn't an album that you're going. I'm going to work to this. I'm going to read to this. I'm going to go to the gym yeah. to this because you actually have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to yeah. stay in the background, and it's going to draw your attention too. You're going to stop doing whatever you're doing to listen to the album. Yeah, I was trying to think of like, what does this remind me of? And I'm like, yeah, like, what would I tell a friend what this yeah, sounds what, what's like? What's unique about this album? And I, and I would have to tell different... them, well, you listen to it and you it tell was... me. It's a, it's a conversation piece. It's, yeah. it's good. Yeah. What 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 would you say to somebody? What what is unique about this? I, yeah. I well, I've tried to tell a lot of people to, to uh, listen to their stuff before. Um, in our first set of top tens, I had repost in my year yeah. in top ten. And my what I usually tell people is I don't recommend them to people who I don't think are actually into good music. If somebody's just like, yeah. I haven't bought an album in two years, uh, sure, give sure. me something to listen this to. But if I know somebody who's kind of into it, I just here. say, just listen to it. And yeah. then they say, what is it? And I'm like, it's two people. They're making good music. Listen to the damn album. Yeah, it's kind of angular. That's yeah. a, that's so how, how do you think like General Dome like compares to the like their earlier works? Um, I think it's a lot better than Function Falls. Function Falls was what? very it was transitional. Was very transitional. Um, Repost, I don't as as aggressive as the album is. I don't think it's as aggressive as the most aggressive parts of Repost. I feel like they were really hammering out their sound on that album, mm-hmm. and it was good. But there were certain songs like medulla and bundle talk that just jumped up on you and you couldn't get them out of your head this one i think there are less it's almost like the whole since the whole level of quality has gone up there are less upward spikes in quality from the from the music it's just it's all it's all attained a very high level and all the songs are doing different things where it's harder to pick out the individual highlights but that said you, you listen to the album and you don't realize you've listened to the whole thing you go through it's forty five minutes later and it's like wow, that album's done and, and you feel sort of spent. Yeah, it's yeah, it yeah. is an energetic yeah. piece. You, uh, it's yeah, it's it's remarkably in, in all the uh, beard rock and like all these like soft, fragile stuff that comes out. This is fucking like in your face as it, it is as punk as fuck as anything yeah, yeah, I've ever. Elbows heard. are out, you know. And they and they put on a 
not just not just the live show we saw before, mm-hmm. but when we saw DC Nine this last year, yeah, I mean, getting to stand like right on top of them basically in in DC Nine is pretty epic. And they're still playing venues like that. They just know. played here last week. Yeah, I, but I don't know how much longer they're going to be doing that. Like, I yeah. Now, do they have a full band behind? I mean, no. they, they have and drum. The drummer. It is it two is. of them. So does the guy play a drumstick? No, like a, they. So they have they have floor toms. They strap toms. on bells. They strap on cymbals. They strap on oh, okay. whatever they need to do, and they they make this happen. And they swap out custom instruments between. So yeah. they're going to play this live, like it sounds like on this album. Exactly like yeah. it sounds on like this album. Okay. That's yeah. So um, that, that's good for someone to know who's never heard them or understand yeah, that that yeah. when you hear drums and stuff happening in the background, it's. They're doing that while they're playing. Yep. They're, yeah, this this, this is not production you're hearing right here. This that's, isn't a yeah, weird actually, I don't know. It's a, it's a little. I, I will say this, they sound more polished than I've ever heard them, sure. or, or honestly expected them. Yeah, like this is uh, the song we're gonna play, uh, Houdini Crush. I mean, it flirts with like you know, like pop metal proggy stuff. I mean, yeah. but, no, that's a good point. But the, la- it, the last it, one was a lot. It only was a lot flirts raw, with more it. Raw. Yeah. It only flirts with it, and it really is just like a fucking like monster of a thing. Uh, Rusty, like, do you... I liked it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's just... All right, then let's listen to Dini Crush. <laughs>
All right. So that was uh, that was aggressive. Yeah. Before well, it's eight, before did you mentioned it? I didn't even know they like made their own instruments or whatever. I mean, really? Very interesting. Yeah. Is that where the name comes from? Yeah. Uh, one of the names, yeah. yeah. So is it... Dubuque. Dubuque is a baritone and... Baritone and baritone ukulele and a regular yeah. one mixed together? It's the only people I trust with the ukulele yeah. derivative uh, instrument. Oh, you don't trust Zoe Deschanel? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I take that back. Yeah. Two new Yeah, I was going to say two new yeah. is the year. That's true, yeah. So, so thinking back on this, like, is this possibly the best show we've ever seen? It's the one that I reference the most. Yeah. You can gaze in tune yards. Interesting. At Red Palace. At Red Palace. Yeah. I don't even know if that Love show was Steve. sold out. <laughs> no. The, Capacity there was, 190? No, there was like 50 people there. Yeah, there was room. Oh, damn. It was a uh, Tuesday night and nobody knew who either one of them were at that point. So, Jeez. Hmm. But if you're into progressive rock or something, you would probably yeah. enjoy this. Yeah, we are we are bragging a little yeah. bit. That's fine. I no, I, I think you, if you, you like progressive rock. If you like uh, what is that post post rock or whatever, very angular and oh, dude, jagged. I don't, I don't think you have to go to post rock. I think you can stick squarely in progressive. Yeah, well, this is this is like sixties. Like if you if they had like Grace Slick sitting on them just for like sure. five seconds. Sure, yeah, you could that throw this up. Hey, Paul, Paul said something about like King Crimson. Somebody compared yeah, yeah, it to that's, and you that's, could compare it to that. Yeah. I, mean, I just call it rock rock because yeah. it rocks. Well, it does. Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. So uh, the edges are very jagged. That's the thing that I notice the most when I listen to it. Mm-hmm. It's not a smooth curve. It's like very jagged, and you know, which gives it a certain sound. You know. Mm-hmm. So let's go around the horn. Buy it. Mm-hmm. Stream it. I'm gonna stream it. Buy it. Cool. I'm gonna buy you a copy, Rusty, just so you have to hear it. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, so I had I had to hear it for this now. Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get groovy. Oh yeah. I was looking through the Bible. For having the coolest band name in the past decade, yeah. love to know the conversation. <laughs> of- <laughs> I would. I, love- I actually thought that little portmanteau was pretty derivative. Yeah. 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 I would love to know the conversation those two kids had in high school when they named their band. Hey man, they're probably high in a bathroom stall somewhere. Yeah, this is a conversation. Do you want to be awesome? Yeah, no. I want to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let's be awesome. Yeah. What do we call How about this? Like the Foxy Oxygen. <laughs> 
So, so uh, oh, yes, this is their second album, uh, is We Are the 24th Century. That was... Ambassadors of Peace and Magic. Oh, there's... That is the whole title. Ah. Title track and all, even. Don't try to shorten it like there's some Fiona Apple or something. Yeah. <laughs> there's no ellipsis at the end of that. Uh, Just a couple more words. Foxygen is a uh, duo... I almost say... We have to say it like that every time. Foxygen! <laughs> this is how you go into the Foxygen. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's a duo Jonathan Ratto and Sam France uh, from out, way out in California, her homeland, Paul. Indeed. Um, they apparently swung a little groovy on Take the Kids Off Broadway. Real freaking groovy. Yeah, and then now they're back and they're like impossibly groovy. Um, I... There's a lot of what like talk about you talk about Buke and Gase being prog rock. Talk about this borrowing yeah. from where to begin the Stones, the, the 60s, Kinks, yeah, yeah, like so damn good. And these two kids, they're they're kids. They're I always to piggyback with the whole Mark, Mac DeMarco thing. They're twenty. They're younger than you. So I know they're I younger than me. But it's just amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's so much fun. But. Not to compare them to Mac DeMarco, but they remind me of Mac DeMarco in a sense that they're young and they're free-spirited and they're all like – but they seem more serious. I've watched their live performances and they dick around a lot. And they also make good music. They also yeah. make good music. <laughs> hey, yeah, we will uh, go there. Oh, well, yeah, I know. He, I saw it too. Here, here, here's, great music. here's the difference. I mean I'm not going to like berate anybody for liking Mac DeMarco, but it's not my favorite. Uh, Moving on. But uh, this is uh, – what you know what is my favorite is uh, early – Early era Stones, um, when they were, they were trying out pop hits and stuff, and there is fully half of this record that hits on that. Yes, there is fully, fully half of this record that hits on the bong. Yeah, <laughs> and just sort of. It took me to watch them performing live to realize one guy does all the singing. I thought it was the two of them take like going yeah. back and forth, like listening to the "Take the Kids Off Broadway" EP, and then this. I'm like, oh, okay, so they. Take turns. Nope, just the one guy. He has his little effects box. He dicks with the whole time he plays live. I was like, oh, well, that's well, fine. That's fine if they do that. I mean, no, yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I was like, oh, all right, that's cool too. My my point was that they're writing songs that are, I mean, they're good. Yeah, yeah, very good. They're uh, they make you feel the way uh, a song like uh, "Come On, Come On" or uh, their song "San Francisco" makes me just want to skip in a goddamn field. See, I, I just don't know. Like, see, I think that one's silly. And my, my, yeah. my, oh, I love that. Song. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about the song specifically. I'm talking about the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my reaction to Kevin when I first heard this was, was this album necessary? And yeah, listening to it several more times, I still don't think it was. Like, there's musical talent here, and there's the germ of something interesting. But it's less variations on a theme than it is just duplication of your idols. It is duplication. And that, to me, is inessential. Like, I don't... There's so much music out there today and so many people trying to do new things that this feels like just running off stones and Velvet Underground riffs at various times without any kind of coherence. Like... There's no, there's not an album here. There's a collection of songs aping different influences. Yeah. You think it would have worked better as an EP? If you could have cut out some of the chaff, maybe. But at the same time, they've already put out an EP. Yeah, and you put out another the same. Length. No, they put out a full length. No, take the kids off Broadway. Technically, an EP they called it, and yeah. it's more or less the same mm. length as this. It's, 
That's a gray yeah, area. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. The, the barrier between that is thin. But something that their idols did that they didn't do is make an album. They made a collection of songs. Sure. Something their idols but, did, yeah, did that they didn't do. Is early do Stones new. albums were very similar in that way, though. They, they yeah. were. Yeah. They okay. were not albums. The early Stones albums. They were yeah. early Beatles albums. Weren't. Like You're right. Either they're, they they're, were just collections of songs. They that were they collections had at the of singles. Yeah, yeah. recorded all this. It's but at the, yeah. at the time, you know, we're right now judging an album. We're not judging. Sure, no, sure. But, but that's yeah. what he's yeah. saying. It's like songs. early Stones album, like albums that people consider classics now. And I'm not calling this a classic by any stretch. No, 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 no. But weren't they were just this thing, and there's, they weren't they thought out, of as an like, album. Like if Foxygen puts out an album in six months, then they'll be like on track to actually what they're aping. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, like what I, I think what you said in interviews. I think what you say right. you're saying is right. I think it is right, I, I, but I don't yeah. think necessary is the right. Well, it term. is because why why were they not albums back then? They were not albums because you were playing for the radio market. They were not albums huh? because mm-hmm. they were putting out singles because you were playing festivals where you play one or two songs at a time. Mm-hmm. We've been through various album eras right here and come back around, and people say this is a singles era, and it is. We are but you're still. That creating albums and if they want to create singles then fine drip them out or don't expect to be judged as an album but if somebody's going to put out an album i'm going to compare them against other Other albums albums. that i think are good that's that's fair that's fair i I, I agree and there are there are good songs Mm -hmm. on this album there's just not a good album and we're about to hear one of them sure sure like uh that actually jumps from the Velvets to the Stones to, uh, I'd say, Pavement. Yeah. Uh, let's hear uh, No Destruction. I'm sending you this photograph of me in my new car. But I hate to say I miss you because you True, but it's definitely like Paul said. There's a lot more odes of the Velvet Underground, the yeah. Loaded Era, in, in that, in that song. song. In, yeah. in that song. I mean, yeah. to me, 
I won't lie. First time I heard this record, I wrote it off. I'm like, yeah, fuck this. I'm like, there's too much going on. <laughs> As know. did I, because I was yeah. like, your name can't be that awesome. Yeah. Like, like I listened to it, and I'm like, all right, there's a lot. There's too much going on in some of the songs, but then let's do it one more time. And I'm like, yeah, I like this. The title track, to bring it into more contemporary, it reminds me of how the John Spencer Blues Explosion, how John Spencer is very Mick Jaggery with his delivery at times. Vote. Yeah. Not the vocals, not the music. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. I, and John Spencer is a different beast. Oh, I mean, of course, I, he's, I mean, a whole, I, he's a monster. I saw them last year, and they were still just fucking like what? Uh, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is my favorite song on the album yeah. by far. But at the I same time, but at the same time, yeah. if I'm in this mood, I'm going to go put on live at Max's Kansas City, and not mm-hmm. this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. It's it's like Andre said. It's a it's a record you will put on at a party. Yeah, and like all the records that we listen to, like I wouldn't put the My Bloody Valentine on at all parties. Maybe but you listen to that on headphones, and this is one that I would throw on in the background, and people would just be having a good time. You I, know? I'm still trying to figure out the party we're putting My Bloody Valentine. Uh, on. Well, <laughs> all that aside, uh, what, what, what's our feeling on Foxygen here? <sighs> Stream it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm going to buy it as well. I enjoyed it. I'm going to roll it up in a doobie and buy it. <laughs> oh. yeah. In the van that we're going to buy. In San Francisco, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's about it for uh, this episode of the 20th episode of the podcast. 20 episodes. Long fucking time, guys. 180 Paul, to go to 200. Yeah. And Andre and Rusty, now you're here. Is it one year? It's almost one year. Almost one. I think. The, I think the it's next almost one. two years for the site. Yes, but almost one year for the podcast. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn. So, um, we will see you next time, where we will possibly be discussing hipper albums than you can ever see. Hey Paul. Hey Paul. Hey Paul. Hey Paul. Hey Paul. That's perfect, that's perfect, that's perfect, that's perfect, that's perfect, that's perfect.